Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Welcome to another episode of Two Pete in a Podcast. We have done two sessions looking at runny noses, and this is the third in the series. Uh, so let's have a look today, Mike. How are you doing? Good, and you? Right. Good. Good, good, good. Let's have a look at what we're going to do about runny noses. So we've kind of spoken about why it's there and the issues around that. So let's talk first of all about what are the non-medication things that we can do for a runny nose. So... Obviously, the reason we're going to do that is to try and make sure that the airway is clear so the child can breathe clearly through the mm. nose. So, And also so that we, we can give you guidelines on how to manage it so that you don't use unnecessary medication that's going to make the child feel worse. Okay, so how would you handle that? So non-medication. What we always start with is making sure that the child's nose is clean. And as we went through in the last two podcasts is... Spray with saline, suck it out. Make sure that that nose is as clean as possible throughout the day because younger children will not be able to drink properly if their nose is blocked. They will not be able to sleep properly if their nose is blocked, which means that you're going to be more tired. Everyone's going to be unhappy. So if the child's up and about and running around and it's got a number 11, you know number 11? No, what is number 11? When, when, the, when the snot is running down uh, out of each nostril down to the lip, and it looks mm-hmm. like a number 11. Okay. You know, in that situation, just wipe the nose. Uh, if the child's old enough, get the child to blow the nose. If the child is younger, don't be rushing around with saline at every turn unless the child is actually being really bothered by it. So the feeding is not good. The sleeping is not good. Um, because little babies' noses are blocked a lot. But if we, we're talking about the situation where your child is a bit ill, it looks like it's got an upper respiratory infection that we spoke about, and there's lots of thick yellow mucus in the nose. And the child is battling and not feeding well. Because, you know, you can't, you can't eat and chew at the st- and, and breathe at the same time if your nose is completely blocked. Mm. So that's what you're talking about. So do you have any special ways of getting younger children to learn how to blow their noses? So <laughs> if you're sitting them in, <laughs> I've sprung this on you. If you're sitting them in the bath and you tell them to put their face in the water and to blow bubbles. Do you trust them not to breathe in? Well, that's what you want. They're going to invariably suck the water in through their nose, and then you've cleared the nose. Okay, I mean blowing, not sucking. <laughs> Mommies and dads suck, children blow. Because <laughs> I, I sometimes say, like, try, try them to blow out a candle. Yes. And then you convert that into putting something over the nose and then get them to blow in the same way, yeah. but close their mouth. So one, just a piece of sheet of paper, or one of those little plastic windmill things that you can get, where you blow it and the windmill spins. Mm-hmm. Try and get them to do that out through their nose as well, so they've got some reward for doing it. Or you can put them in the bath and get them to blow bubbles out their nose. Okay. Right here. Any other non-medication <laughs> things that we have? Uh, humidifiers? So my question always with humidifiers is how humid? You know, how, if you're living how big in, is the space that you Exactly. Humidify? So if you're living in the tropics and you're at the coast and the humidity is 90%, I mean, how much more humid do you want it to be? Even it's living up here. In the house. Yeah, where we are here on the high felt, you know, even on the dry days, I mean, the humidity is sometimes 40, 50%. So how humid is humid? To your point, a lot of the humidifiers you buy, 
You stick it in a room and there's Sandy sitting in the corner spewing out some stuff. Like an asthmatic church mouse. And it's doing nothing. Yeah, it's doing nothing. It's sitting in the corner there. Or the other side, the other part of it I think is even worse, where you've got a humidifier that's really working well in a small environment. And then you get condensation on the ceiling and then the bedding bedding is a bit damp. That's also not great. Mm. And my last issue with humidifiers is, you know, that they have filters and stuff in them. And if you're not servicing them properly and cleaning out the filters... I mean, you could be spewing all sorts of rubbish into the air. So on that, though, I have a humidifier at home, and it doesn't have a filter. It has a high-frequency oscillation pad, yes, and it's just gases. Okay. So I, th- I think it depends on which humidifier you have. But yes, absolutely, point taken. You need to make sure that it is serviced and clean, and you need yep. to have clean, if you can, sterile water. So my advice to the parents is I can't tell you with certainty that humidifying the air is going to make a difference. Mm. Even if there's a heater on in the room, you know, if you've got an open heat source, like a, a grill heater or something, then yes, the air might get quite dry. But if you're wanting to use a humidifier, try it. If it mm. makes a difference, yeah. fantastic. If Carry it doesn't, don't waste, your, don't waste your time. Mm. So, so big, big, big borrow, yeah, we'll get there. Big borrow, steal one from someone. Yeah. So something from Make someone. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's clean, yes. And then try it. If you really want to, then go out, but we're not going to give you recommendations on which one mm. that you need to decide by yourself. Okay, putting stuff in a humidifier. Eucalyptus drops. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Carvel. <laughs> so I remember from the days playing rugby that you get all these menthol things that you put on and makes your eyes run and your eyes water and your nose run. And that's all it does. It just irritates the lining of your nose. So I know a lot of mums say they use Vicks and they put it on the feet. I always wonder why they put it on the feet. <laughs> Quite far down. Just that's the point. There's a, this notion that putting it on the feet makes a difference. No, it just means that the child generally is not going to get their feet into their mouth or that they've got a baby grow on, so they're not eating the Vicks. Mm. But again, my concern with these things is that if it's going to work, that it's going to make the nose run, which is what it's intended to do, as far as my knowledge goes. It's probably what's going to irritate the eyes. Mm. Which, which is going to make the nose run more. It's going to make them miserable. So whatever, whatever we're using there, you know, they put, there's some drops that you put on the pillows. You put Again, if it's to keep somebody happy who's trying to convince you to use it and it's not causing problems to the baby, use it. If you find that it makes a massive difference without irritating the baby, that's fine. Yeah. But it's not something that I say, please go out and do this. Mm. I agree completely. What I do do, though, if the children are old enough, warm water, especially hot water with honey in it. In children over one year? Yeah. If the children can drink out of a glass, hot water with honey honey, and a bit of lemon if they can tolerate it, mm-hmm. works extremely well to break down thick sticky mucus. It does. It also helps with coughs. Yeah. So what medication would we use? There are so many different sinus preparation things that you can get from the pharmacy and that's the majority of what you have in over-the-counter medication in the shelves you'll see stuffy noses block noses sneezing Mm. what we want to use is the least amount of stuff as possible to make sure that that nose is open as long as you've got an infection your nose or the child's nose will be running no matter what we give yes we just need to make sure that when it is running it is easy to get out and that if the nose is blocked that we can decongest it if there's snot that needs to come out, that it is sucked out. Yeah. So children under five, I don't use any combination cough and cold and flu remedies. Yeah. The, in young children, the side effects of those medications are horrendous. 
that sort of stuff. It's got something called pseudoephedrine, which yes. increases the heart rate, makes them jittery, makes them irritated. Generally, it doesn't help. Yeah. So the reason we don't use these combination medications is because most of them have something called pseudoephedrine in it. Uh, and they either have pseudoephedrine or they have an antihistamine. Now, antihistamines are for this allergies. Is both, both our bugbears. They're for allergies. <laughs> yeah. So there's very little role that histamine plays in a common cold or a snotty nose that's not due to an allergy. So putting your child onto long-term antihistamines when, when it's not proven to be an allergy is of no value. Uh, and using old-style antihistamines in children is either going to make them very sleepy and dopey, and in other children it can make them completely wild. Yes. That kind of opposite effect. And pseudoephedrine will make your heart race, uh, it can push up your blood pressure. So I really try and use something in the nose to dry the nose, especially for nights so children can sleep. Yeah. And there's a product, there's a, there's a chemical called oxymetazoline, mm-hmm. which if you go and look at most of the decongestant sprays for the nose that you find or the drops for babies contain oxymetazoline. And as long as you're using it three times a day or you're using it mostly at night, you can safely use it for five to 10 days with no problem whatsoever. And that's generally the time that you need for yeah. a common cold. Yeah. So use it as and when necessary, but as little as possible. Yes. And then, obviously, as you were saying, the hot water and lemon and stuff that I was talking about mm. helps for coughing. So, I mean, do you do anything for the coughing? I mean, you know, we know that you know that you never want to stop the cough because the cough is a protective reflex. Yes. It's either stopping stuff going down or it's getting stuff in out. Yeah. The main thing that's going to reduce the amount of coughing is reducing the amount of stuff that comes from the nose down. Yeah. And so if you're suctioning the nose regularly, you're spraying it with saline, sucking it out, you're going to reduce a lot of the stuff that's going down the throat. Further than that, the maximum that we would consider using is something called Prospan. And that's a nice, almost homeopathic type thing that helps to make the mucus a bit thin and helps to settle the cough a bit. But it's not stopping the cough and is not having systemic, meaning the whole body gets affected by the side effects. Yeah, so the, a lot of the coughing is driven by the irritation, the tickly feeling you get in your back of your throat, which is caused by the bit of irritation from the virus. And the way I explain the ProSpan is when you when the mucus is really thick and sticky and dry, you can get into these hacking, coughing mm. spasms where you're kind of hocking out a lung to try and get the, the lurgies out, you know? So if you're using something like a Prospan that's going to make it a little thinner, the idea is a couple of coughs, boop, boop, boop. And out. Up it comes. Now, let's talk about that. Children don't spit out their phlegm, mm. but they do get it out their lungs. They cough it in their mouth and they swallow it, and it gets digested in the stomach. You don't get mucus from the upper airway coming out in the poo because it gets digested before it gets there. So babies and children are able to clear their lungs uh, by coughing, and that's what we're doing with this. We're trying to dry the nose so they can sleep better, they can feel better, they can breathe better, and we're trying to thin out the mucus so that they can cough more effectively. And then always use something like paracetamol, even if there's no fever, because the throat is always sore. Yeah. And the more you cough, the more sore your throat and You know, is. when your nose is full and congested, you feel terrible. Your eyes water, you feel like there's just pressure there the whole time. Yep. And the, the paracetamol helps just to relieve that. That's it. I think that's a good a good overview. I think we've covered that quite nicely. Yeah. So, right. Next time we're going to be talking about warning signs, the kind of runny nose plus. So if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four. And subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Pete in a Podcast. At Two Pete in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.